Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Brett from the Bunker, Brett Singer Radio. I am your host, Brett Singer. I am joined today by Winston Hodges. Winston, how are you? I'm doing good, Brett. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. So now the question I was asking people up until recently was, how are you holding up? But now we've been here for like eight or nine months, <laughs> so it feels a little weird, but we're probably going to have to go back inside. So it's not really, you know, it's, I, I, I guess it's still a good question. So how are you holding up? I'm holding up pretty good, man. It is. Uh, I'm just like at my house and not leaving it, and I'm about to just uh, go. I'm in D.C. now, and I'm about to head back to my mom's place in Virginia to quarantine for two weeks so that I can like see some of my family for Thanksgiving. So I'm holding up pretty well. I'm not doing anything. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna quarantine and not see anyone so that you can see your family. That's interesting. We we've been having yeah. that discussion. Like you know, do we? Like, we're going to have a couple of people over, but should they get COVID tested? You know, I mean, it's just, I think we're probably going to make people get tested, even though it's yeah. a little intrusive. You know, get, let them get the nose, the nose stuffing, as we say. Yeah, but I mean, it so, makes sense. I mean, like, I, I, the only reason I'm doing it is, like, uh, I've got two nieces, and my brother has made it very clear that the only way that I'm going to get to see uh, my two nieces is if I either quarantine or get a COVID test. And I just figured quarantining is just easier. My mom lives in the woods. I'll just go be in the woods for two weeks, do Thanksgiving and then get back to my regular or whatever the new regular normal uh, life I was living. Whatever the new regular is. I think that's a good way of putting it. That makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Uh, So what have you been doing to stay sane while locked up inside so much? It's weird because it's like when I'm going to say it out loud, it's going to make me sound like I'm not sane. But it's basically like what I've done to stay sane is sit in front of my laptop and do Zoom open mics and uh, do a bunch of podcasts. And that's it, man. That and then like I'm, I'm in D.C. and there's a, there's quite a few live shows going on in Virginia. So I've been doing live shows and that's helped. But at the beginning, it was mostly just Zoom and a lot of writing. And I felt like I was going crazy if I if I stopped doing it. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would do. I say this all the time. I don't know what I would do in quarantine without comedy. It's insane. I can't you know, imagine. I just, I, 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 you're right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I guess maybe I would have written something long. Like, I could I would have started started a novel or something something like that. Just because I had to do something. I, I'm not somebody who can sit and finish Netflix. I have friends who are like, I finished Netflix. I'm like, really? Then maybe you should get a hobby because I think yeah, – See, that, see, that would have You know, you got to do something. That would have 
Yeah, I would have watched Netflix and played. Like, if I didn't have comedy, I know that at the end of this pandemic, I would have looked back and been like, I played video games for two years. Just two years straight, I played video games and watched television. So I'm glad I have comedy, because if not, I think I would just be even lazier than I am now with comedy. Because I don't have to stand up to do comedy anymore. Right. <laughs> you don't even have to move. Oh God! I mean, it's it's much easier. I mean, I I hate to. I mean, I'm. I think it's got its pluses and minuses. I mean, obviously, it's not the same as being in front of a live audience. Yeah. But it also, you know, you can write a joke right before and just kind of put a note, you know, put a post-it note on your computer, and there, <laughs> there it is. You know, if you don't if you don't have a chance to memorize it, that's okay. You know, yeah, the joke no, is right there. I, it's not I, a big deal. Yeah, when I've been talking to people, I definitely make sure that they know that they're that I'm not saying that Zoom is anywhere near as good as in person. Yeah. As far as like a, as a bit of a supplement with live shows not happening as often and not being as safe, the fact that you can have a joke idea and then literally just get online and there's a 90% chance that there's a mic getting ready to start and you don't have to leave your house and you can just hop right on, try something new. And it's been amazing. I've loved it for that. The mic situation is really nice. I mean, I... I could see that staying, you know, even when we go back because yeah. it really it really is a lot easier. It it just, you know, it would take it would take me, you know, to go do a mic and get on stage for 5 minutes, you know, it might take me an hour just to get there, yeah. get there, get back and that's just not the case here cuz you you can do multiple mics. It's there's uh I've got a mic Tuesdays and th- Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5 um and then good one has a mic um you know, five and eight every single day. So if there's like, I've, it's been four forty-five, and I'm like, gee, I haven't done a mic today. Oh wait, I can go do good one. There it is. And it's yeah. just so much easier. It really is like soup. It's super easy. And, and I hope it sticks around just because it has like, there's some comics that are like in the middle of America in the middle of nowhere that are like only able to get up once or twice a week. And I think as long as those comics are willing to run the mics, I can totally see it sticking around for a while because it just makes so much more stage time for people that don't live in cities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for people who are out, I mean, I, I find that a lot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope it keeps going. I, I, I genuinely hope it keeps going. Um, let's see, what else did I want to talk to you about? So, have you done any live shows in, uh, since we've been in? Yeah, I've done. Uh, I've been doing quite a few live shows. I say quite a few. Before pandemic, I would have thought I was doing like almost none. But I'm getting up at least, um, depending on the week, uh, like two to four times a week, depending on the time I'm willing to, to put in to travel and like uh, booked for private gigs and stuff like that. As far as in person, so I so I have been doing some live shows and they've been fun. But I have to be super careful because the, a lot of the audiences down here are not taking it as seriously as I am. So they want to get close, and i got to basically just show up with my own microphone, wipe everything down, do my set. Yeah, I've been doing I, – I, when I've done live stuff, I try to bring my own mic, or at least I bring mic covers. Because bringing your own mic gets a little awkward, and some people are, are like, you know, you're dragging the show down. you know. So, yeah. um, so I have these little microphone covers that I can pop on. Oh yeah, I've seen those too. There's a I've done a show where like I'd forgotten my mic and and I was like, well, I guess I'm just gonna have to not perform. And he was like, well, I got these mic covers. They're pretty nice. They're not as 
they're not as uh you know weird to like put on as say you're right it can kind of like disrupt the show a little bit to just put a to unplug everything and then plug your mic in and then have to check it right and make sure it's working so i mean I'm tr- i try to be understanding in that regard but at the same time you know i want to be safe i want to you know there there was a story somewhere in the middle of quarantine about a bunch of people who got it from a karaoke party and oh, that's yeah. because they were sharing a mic you know so, and that's kind of what we yeah. do so let's try to minimize that. Let's put some antimicrobial whatevers onto the microphone, and at least we can do that. Um, the best, and I've only seen them in yeah. videos. I haven't seen them otherwise. It's basically like a mic condom. Like it covers most of the microphone. It doesn't just cover the head. And oh, that, that's, that's, I, that I, I like that a lot. I've only seen it. In, I've only seen it on videos. Um, I've, I looked on Amazon, and all I could find were these were these little ones that just covered up the head. Yeah, that's what I've seen. I've seen like the head. The head covering up ones are the ones I've seen, but covering up the whole mic would be nice because it is like, I mean, I mean, obviously you want to clean, like cover the mic where the people are talking into it, but also like it would be nice to be able to cover the parts that people are grabbing because it's like that's the part people are forgetting is we're all touching the bottom of the mic uh, if you're doing that, and you can get the, you know I'm just nervous about cross contamination stuff. It's like freaking, it's like freaking me out. I, I can't even imagine ever going back to not bringing my own microphone on, like on stage. Wow, this, this whole thing has made me has has made me think about like how gross it is, how most comics are disgusting, uh, gross people, and we've just been spitting into a little circle, a little sphere, like every night, multiple times a night, and it's like no wonder I used to get sick all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. There's a lot of things. I mean, shaking hands is gross. You know, why are we t- why are we touching each other? I mean, I I was I always kind of on that. Like, I kind of was quietly very uptight about that stuff. And I it wasn't that I didn't want to shake hands, but I was always kind of like, eh, you know, like the, like let's all kiss hello. And it's like, eh, should we? Do we have to? You know. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's it, definitely it, completely changed me. <laughs> yeah, for I the, just you know. For the more I, safe. I was I was always you know the guy who was like eh, let's just sort of say hi, um, I mean or, or my nerdy the, the nerdy side is you know live long and prosper do the Star Trek Let, let's do let's do the Vulcan okay. greeting, that one that one works I like that a lot that would make me very happy if that was adopted obviously that's not going to happen, <laughs> but it's a nice idea you know it's a, it's it's not a terrible idea there's no touching involved the Vulcans were onto something, <laughs> yeah they were um, way way. Way ahead of the time. Yeah, I like a good fist bump or bumping the elbows is pretty cool. I do bumping like that. Bumping elbows is okay. I Nothing also wrong just, with bumping elbows. Yeah, and I also just think I'll never not wear a mask again. Like I, 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 like I am. I haven't been sick since February with anything, and I purely think it's because I'm using my own microphone and not shaking hands, and because I wear my mask everywhere. Wow, so this look is just at you. The new me. Lifelong mask. Yeah, the new wearer. me. I'm the, yeah, I'm gonna be a weird guy, weird mask guy. Mask convert, Winston Hodges. Stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Interesting, very interesting. So, were you a germ guy before? Were you, was that something that you'd ever talked about, or not really? No, not at all. And it's, I've never been like if something's gross, it'll gross me out. But I've never been like crazy. Oh, we all have to wash our hands or anything like that. And I and I loved. Uh, like, you know, I'm I'm somebody that's like, I'm, I'm a hugger. It's like all these things, and, like, I would do ca- so many mics. So I would do, like, all the mics and shows that were available to me. But but I would get sick once every 
two, two and a half months. I've always been someone that gets kind of sick, like whether it's like a sinus infection or strep throat or like a really bad cold. And I haven't had any of that since COVID started. Wow. It's the healthiest I've ever been in my life during the, <laughs> during the worst pandemic in like a hundred years. Wow. Wow. So that's, that's interesting. But I mean, also, I mean, you're healthier because you've been careful. You know, that's it's true. understandable. It makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, how long have you been doing stand-up? Um, I'm almost at six years. It'll be like six years in March. So, like, I, okay. my five-year comedy anniversary was, like, two weeks into quarantine. Nice. Nice. That's pretty good. Um, let's see. So, how did you get started? Uh, it's a thing that I, like, I've always wanted to do, man. I've always, like, loved stand-up, but I was one of those dudes that, like, um, I understood how stand-up is different than making your friends laugh, so I was always really scared to try it. And then that typical thing, it's not super unique, but, like, went through a bad breakup, quit a terrible job, and then the local club was having a contest. And so I signed up for the contest, and then after that, it was like, well, this is just what I do now. This is I'm in not DC. ever going to not do this. <laughs> This is in D.C., right? Uh, so I started in Richmond, Virginia. I just moved okay. to Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. So, this, so I started at the Richmond Funny Bone for their Clash of the Comics uh, competition. And then ever since then, I've done literally every set I could possibly do. I've been addicted. Um, have you? Do you still do any of the jokes you did in your first set? I So I do, but only when I'm doing like a super clean show. Because it's like I wrote the first bit I did is like a five minute bit about roller coasters and it's incredibly clean. And when I'm trying to get through a super clean show to get paid, I will absolutely do that bit if I need like a five or six minute period of just coasting to get through. Just like we're we're close to the end, we got ten minutes left. It's like I'm gonna stretch this bit out. So, when so you're I will coasting. Do time time, you do but... your, you're coasting with your roller coaster joke. Sorry, oh, yeah, I couldn't let exactly. that go. Exactly, I'm roller coasting all the way through the end. You are absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, so you're not what you'd call a clean comic. Um, it's weird. I'm also not super. I also not don't work super blue. I just naturally curse in my conversation, so I don't write a bunch of vulgar sex jokes. But I work all types of rooms, so it's like I'll work. Um, I do. I work churches. I work clubs. Um, I'll work dive bars. Like, I don't really care. But when I'm working that much, I do have material in each one, and it's just hard to to keep a super fresh, super clean uh, hour. <laughs> so, right. so it's always just me trying to piecemeal, like, okay, this can work clean if I just take the F word out of here. Uh, or like, oh, if I change this one word. So it's weird. It's like I, in, in my perfect world, I'm working a, a club where I can say whatever I want but I'm not saying the worst things on earth. It's just you natural a, because a, I, I do a lot of crowd work. Do you have a preference? Yeah. I mean, like it's it, my, my, my preference is like, yeah, I think my preference is just work in a club where I can just say whatever. Cause that means I can go into a lot of crowd work and, and I can do clean crowd work. I've done a lot of clean crowd work but it's an extra level of like focus to be doing crowd work and not have to resort to just saying a swear word to give myself that extra second to, to do what I need to do. But 
yeah, if I'm in a room where I can say whatever I want and I don't have to worry about censoring myself or, like, catching myself swearing, um, uh, it's the best because I feel like even if my set's not going to be crazy dirty, I just feel freer and more loose and just more comfortable on stage. Do you have any tips or techniques for someone who is, like, just starting out to do crowd work? Oh, I mean, yeah, the easiest thing is uh, you have to, just like regular stand-up, you just have to do it. So find a show that has absolutely no stakes whatsoever. So I was doing the show that was music and comedy and this guy, like I had just started and he was like, Hey, can you do so-and-so minutes each week for me? Just come by. And I was like, yeah, but I asked him if it was okay if I just did crowd work and I wasn't getting paid. There were no stakes. It didn't matter. Um, so between doing music open mics where you can go up and do stuff and you're not going to embarrass yourself in front of other comedians, it's all about just doing it. And the most important tip is being comfortable on stage. Because if you look comfortable on stage doing crowd work, you can get away with a minute, a minute and a half of no laughs while you set everything up that you need to set up to start calling back to them. But just find a place with no stakes to practice and just try to be comfortable because people are just kind of impressed that you're talking to the audience anyway. So you get a little bit more leeway than you do if you're just on stage doing jokes that are bombing. So you got it. So that's, you would say about it, you can get about a minute, maybe a minute and a half before you have to say something funny. Like you can get, you can, yeah, you can the, drag it out for a little part, bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For them, especially if you're new, if you're someone who's really good at crowd work, I've seen like comics that I really respect crowd work wise and they'll go two or three minutes with no laughs, but they're asking really interesting questions. And so like people are still paying attention and then the big laughs start to come because they've like set all this stuff up. And I think that's like the most impressive, but if you're new to crowd work, you got like a minute before people quit paying attention to you because there's just this allure of like, and you see it a lot when people go to improv shows where just, Oh, this is off the cuff. We got to pay attention. This is just so impressive because someone's just actually talking to us and that goodwill. I think a lot of comics who are new to crowd work don't, use effectively so they're just trying to do all these jokes up top without just being comfortable and just relaxing and just like trying to have a good time what about on zoom is it possible to do crowd work on zoom it is i run a crowd work mic now um it is possible to do uh the timing is different um but it's easier to get a laugh with crowd work on zoom because no one's doing it so if you can do it in a world where literally people are terrified to do it even if it's just a little something um, it, it, it can be pretty great because it's like when you're doing crowd work in real life, not everybody can see who you're talking to. But when you're doing crowd work on Zoom, everybody in the room can see exactly who you're talking to in usually a pretty well-lit area. Or if it's not well-lit, you can make fun of that. And te- There's a lot of stuff you can you can do with crowd work in Zoom. It's not as good as in person, but it's an underutilized part of online comedy, I believe. Interesting. I've been doing more of it lately, and I find that it actually, it's, I don't want to say it's easier because it's hard to compare, but it, it maybe is a little easier because you're, I mean, not only can everybody, can everybody see everybody else, they can hear everybody else. So yeah. you don't have a situation where someone in the audience is quiet, and then you have to repeat what they say or something like that. Like, you don't have yeah. to worry about that because everybody's on a mic, you know, so it's all fine. And also, everybody... I mean, I guess sometimes people stop paying attention on Zoom, but for the most part, everybody's paying attention if they're there. Like, they're, they got a screen right in front of their face. So maybe they get distracted by their phone. I don't know. But it feels like people are a little more invested. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think if you're there, for the most part, I, I've, I've seen less disinterested people 
who are actually at a show on Zoom. Like it's like, it's like if you took the time to be there, you kind of get what you're into, and you know it might be somebody doing something else while watching, but it's not like they're being purposefully rude or just like or or completely checked out. And and I think you make a great point, man. Being able to not have to repeat what an audience member says, because um, if you forget to do that doing crowd work on stage, you can like <laughs> people are like, what is he even talking about? Right. Like I don't understand. They won't be able to follow yeah. it. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's on Zoom. Obviously, that's not going to be a problem. If they can't hear what somebody's saying, then that's you know, then you can't hear them either. If you can hear them, everybody else can hear them. Yeah. So, who are some of your favorite comics? Oh man, um, that's always that's always such a tough question to answer. Uh, I mean, I, I love like Pat Oswalt and Norm Macdonald and uh, like, but of uh, people that are like, I don't know, not huge super stars. It's like I love like Mark Norman, Joe List, uh Sam Morell, Beth Stelling. I just watched one of her newer things. She's great. Maria Bamford. There's like countless uh comics that I that I really uh enjoy because I've always gone through a bunch of different phases of who I liked. Because I started out only being allowed to watch Christian stand up and then only clean stand up. Oh wait a minute. And then back up. Central what is down. Christian what is Christian stand up like? Christian comedy is literally just it's clean comedy, it's it's just clean comedy that might have jokes about church in it, and then at the end, the comic is basically like, hey, uh, giving like a sermon at the end, like it's it's literally like forty five minutes of clean stand up and then fifteen minutes of witnessing or an altar call uh, to get people to okay. give their life over to Christ. At least it was um, when I was younger. Big, That's what it was like. The people I would watch. Big old Jew here. What is witnessing? Oh, okay. It's just telling people about Christ. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's <Okay>. what, yeah. <laughs> and what is an what is an altar call? Is that the same thing? It's yeah. It's basically just like a, an altar call would be like at the end of this thing where they're like, hey, if anyone has felt touched and want to give their life over to Christ, please come up to the altar and and basically we'll have someone to talk to you about the decision you've made. So uh, I, like I'm I'm Protestant. Like I'm like Southern Baptist and grew up Southern Baptist. So they would have that at the end of like all these like events there'd be an altar call and then people would go up when they felt like they had been called uh to christ or whatever and then they would have someone talk to you through your decision to make sure it's a, it's a, a serious decision but but yeah that's like what the comedy i used to be allowed to watch until i was like because i was watching stand-up early i got like five and then like it's like five six so when i when i got around eight they were my parents were letting me watch like clean comedy that wasn't christian comedy but my parents were pretty pretty religious. So, have you done Christian comedy? Uh, I mean, like I've done comedy at churches, but I've never done like an altar call at the end of it. Like growing okay. up in the church, I do have a lot of jokes about you know going to church. But like when I do the church shows, it's not like uh, I'm not there proselytizing or whatever. It's just making fun of life in the church and maybe make a couple a couple references to God. But it's I would say. 80% of the set is just like a regular clean set. And then 20% I mean, is like churches in the South. Do you ever do that in a non-church set? Uh, sometimes. If I'm doing something like like if I'm doing like another clean show and I can kind of get the vibe that like especially if I'm doing something in the South like in Virginia somewhere or North Carolina and I get the vibe of like well we're not at a church but these people will get these references. Um I'll, I'll absolutely do it. But if I'm like, and I did like a, a super clean show 
um, at a synagogue once, and I was like, well, I'm not going to do any of these. <laughs> I'm like, these jokes aren't going to happen. You know what they call Jewish comedy? Uh, comedy. <laughs> comedy, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You nailed it. You got the right answer. Couldn't couldn't resist that one. Um, that's very interesting to me because I it makes me wonder sort of what's off limits. Like obviously some things are going to be off limits, but I guess you just kind of know. Like if you're doing if you're doing a church show or you're doing one of these like full on Christian comedy shows. I guess you'll just have a sense of what you can and can't say. Yeah, it's it's historically like from because I've had people that have done them and been like, I don't know what not to say because they might not have grown up in uh, the church. But it's like I just treated like the things I knew I wasn't allowed to talk about in church. So like absolutely no sex jokes. This is just for me. I do like absolutely no sex jokes, like not doing jokes about really dark and morbid stuff like abortion or or anything like that. It's literally like when I'm doing a church show, I'm like, even if there's not children there, I'm only doing jokes that I would be comfortable doing in front of a nine-year-old. See, that's That's a great great rule. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, where it's not so much like, like you, it's like, you know, it's not about whether they get the jokes or not. It's like I have to make sure that I don't say – because I don't want to talk about – because I don't want to talk about any topic where if a nine-year-old was there, they have to look at their mom and be like, Mommy, what's abortion? <laughs> like, it's not I, a like – well, well, that topic in particular is not going to go over well. I mean, I think it's yeah, fair no to well. say. Unless That's I'm not like, you know be. what's evil? <laughs> there you go. Let's talk about how evil – let's talk about bombing abortion clinics. You guys don't poor. Hey, oh, hilarious, hilarious. Oh, that, that classic, that hack joke of bombing abortion clinics. That's so hack. Yeah. So, so yeah. hack. What, uh, what, what about politics? Can you do politics? Um, I would tend not to just because I'm not, I'm not a Trump guy at all. And, uh, at least around here when you're in a church, there's a, there's a pretty good chance that there's going to, your best case scenario is it's split down the middle, Trump people and uh, uh, and then like you know religious uh, left wing folks. But I don't know. I I, I do some po- political stuff, but it just feels weird to do in a church because it just feels very divisive. Like hmm. when I do those church shows, it's pretty much interesting just like over the plate. I talk about what's like it's it's literally uh, I, I talk about normal everyday stuff try to keep all the controversy out when i'm doing those shows because it's like i don't know i'm i'm someone that's like when i get booked on something i ask if there's content restrictions what i can and can't say because i want to give people literally the best show they can possibly get um okay because yeah and and that means sometimes people are like hey i don't want you to talk about this and i'm like okay well that's something i talk about for 15 minutes in my act so it's time to adjust i like adjusting and i like just being as professional as possible, especially at the stage I'm at where it's like every paying gig matters. So I don't really want to come to the point where like I can artistically burn a bridge because I don't need this work um, because I absolutely need it. Uh, so I think it's a good place to be. I mean, I, you know, obviously it's nice to be in a position where you're selling out arenas and you don't have to, you know, give a crap about every job, but at the same time, I mean, there's nothing wrong with caring about what you've got coming up and wanting to take every job. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. 
Yeah, but there's just like, there's that like uh, I don't know. There's like the, the, that romanticized thing where it's like, oh, they told because uh, I, I remember like when Hannibal Burris went to that college once. It's like, oh, they told Hannibal he couldn't talk about this, and he went out and it was the first thing he talked about. And everyone's like, oh, he's so brave. And I'm just like, I would never in a million years do that. I can't even begin to fathom being in a place where I'm told specifically not to talk about one thing, and then I open with it. Well, because he's he's who he is, and he's in a different he's in a different place in his career, right? I mean, I think that's you know fair. Well, but part of it's like, is he in that different place in his career because he does stuff like that? Oh, interesting like, question. Like, is that what makes him? Like, is the sacrifice of that what endures him and like uh, helps shape his comedic voice? And it's just like, if that's the case, then. Um, then I'm screwed because I would absolutely never do that. I live in fear of getting yelled at. I live in fear of having people upset at me. So I cannot <laughs> – I can't imagine doing it. I also do not want people upset at me. I I, uh, I think, and I'm hoping that I'm quoting this right, I believe it's in Judy Gold's book, and if it wasn't in her book, it was something she said while promoting her book, that Janine Garofalo does not have a smartphone, does not have email, does not have Twitter, does not have social media. And the reason she said it is because I care what people think of me, and I don't want to get yelled at. And I that's just thought I found that perfect. fascinating, you know. And I, oh, wow. I mean, now I don't know how you function. I mean, obviously she's been doing this for a long time. I mean, she doesn't she doesn't even have anyone's name in her phone, so when somebody calls, it's always a surprise, you know. Um, not how I not I mean I just there's a there's always a part of me that wishes I could be like that because I think it's probably a more relaxed existence. I think it is probably an easier way to live. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's logistical problems. Like, I don't know how you keep – how do you keep track of your bookings? And I guess the answer is probably like a paper calendar. So, yeah, you know, paper I guess calendar, – that's You crazy. can do it. My, my, my dad was the same way, though. My dad had no numbers in his phone, and I thought – and he sold cars. So he'll have all these customers calling him, and he had nobody's phone number in his phone, and he was fine. That would give me so much anxiety getting 30 or 40 phone calls a day from numbers I didn't recognize and having to go off of just like the first thing they say, picking, I, 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 it used to give me secondhand anxiety, like going, like just seeing my dad's phone and seeing like all the calls that he's made and not a single number in his phone. I don't understand it. Yeah. I don't understand either. I mean, you can have, I don't know that it's having contacts is not exactly you know, I mean, that's not it's not a new thing. I mean, you know, but I, I guess I don't know. I'm not sure what the logic is there. I guess the idea is that you're always surprised when somebody calls, but I wouldn't really want to be surprised, especially because you get so many junk phone calls. Yeah. You know, there's so many calls that you get that are just not, you know, who you're looking you're looking to hear from. So, you know, the, this is for the vehicle owner and all that kind of thing. So um, I don't I know. That's it. All the time. It's oh yeah, everybody gets the same thing. The ones in Chinese, you. you know, apparently the ones in Chinese are really insidious. If you can, un- apparently if you can understand what they say and you do what they say, it's really bad for you. But I'm obviously oh, wow. not in that position. So, but it's it's apparently oh, like God. a really insidious scam. It's a it's a really ugly insidious scam. I don't know what it is. Someone someone told me that, and I just chose to believe them because I have no idea. There's no way for me to tell. I will never find out. I would have to get someone to uh, translate them for me. Um, so where do you get your news from? What is your what is your preferred news source? Uh, honestly, man, uh, for the most part, I get my news from Twitter. Like I'll see something on Twitter and then just go to Google and start researching it. 
It's, okay, but you go to Google and start researching it because just getting it from Twitter can be very dangerous. People really do post stuff on there, and it's like, uh, what? You know, like it, that just has no basis in reality. Oh, yeah, no. I'll just see something on Twitter. I'm like, that sounds crazy, and then I'll look it up to see if there's any. <laughs> but like, I don't really go to like CNN or Fox News or anything because I think it's just all – I think they're all ridiculous and all very – at least biased in there. Fox News is ridiculous even more so, but even CNN is just like so biased, like because they kind of have to be more so, more so to position themselves against uh, uh, Fox News uh, and, and the right-wing uh, news media like that. So I don't know, Twitter usually seems to be the best place to figure out what people are at least talking about, and then I can just go Google and then look at a few different articles for that. That's, that's, that's right. what I try to do. No, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. What, um, do you write topical jokes? Do you sort of sit down every day and try to write about what's happening in the world? No, not at all. Okay. I, if something's topical, it's the only way I can do a joke about it is if, like, I hear the topic and I think of something in that moment. I can't sit around and, I don't know, I, don't, I can't sit around and, and pontificate about the state of the world. It's just if something seems funny to me about what's going on or I'm in conversation, I'll think of something and then, like, sit down and write out a little bit and then just try to riff, riff on stage, which has been the toughest thing because I generally write my material on stage. And oh, have really? funny premise and get on stage and riff about it. And Zoom has made me be a much more disciplined joke writer as far as like sitting down and having at least some shape or form to the joke before I try it. Explain to everyone what writing on stage is, because there are people who listen who are not comedians. Okay. Um, I mean, generally it's like I will have an idea and I know what is funny about that idea. Like I know where I'm going to start and I know what the generally what I want the punchline to be. And then the writing on stage for me is getting on stage, starting with the idea, and then just figuring out how we're going to get to the punchline while I'm performing. So there's no real sitting down and writing out the structure of the joke um, for me before I'm on stage. And and sometimes it means that the first time I do it, it'll get an okay response. And the next time I'll try to stretch it out and go down different routes. And, and then eventually when I get to a point that I like, where I'm like, oh, this is okay, I'm repeating it close to the same at least 80% of it the same each time, I'll sit down and, and, and write it out as close to written out as I can get it and then uh, and then just keep adding tags and stuff. But I, I don't do – before quarantine, I, I just didn't do a lot of sitting down and, oh, I'm going to write about this or, oh, I'm going to sit down and write. And that's not a, you know, not a good habit uh, to have been in, but it's something that had just worked for me for the first five years I've been doing stand-up, so I didn't see any need to not do it. I was going to say, if it's working for you – you know, I guess it's okay, right? Yeah, but it's but I'm glad that I mean with quarantine happening, it's nice to like now have that muscle to if I want to write a joke about something, I feel much more confident sitting down and being like, I can write a joke out about this as opposed to I used to just have to wait for inspiration to strike me. Right. Yes. I mean I think that's always good is to to work that muscle is being being able to sit down and write a joke about a topic that's something I'm working on too and cuz I you know that would be nice and it's also good when you get a writing packet you know if you get you get a you know chance yeah. to do a packet for the Colbert show or something like that and you know they're going to say okay write jokes about this and it, obviously you're going to be much better off if you have if you're kind of used to that and you can, and you can do it I I did I actually did it my first packet over quarantine and it was really hard oh, but nice. it was a lot of fun I really enjoyed it I, I mean, I didn't get the That's job, awesome. but but it was I I did find that from just from a standpoint of okay, is this the sort of thing that I'm into? Um, you know, can I write quickly? 
I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, is, am, I, am I at a point yet where they're going to buy my monologue? No, but was I able to write a monologue? And I think it was pretty much in his voice. Yeah, I think so. So that was actually really fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a good That's time awesome. with that. Um, let's see. Well, before, just so we don't uh, sleep on it, so let's promote your special. What do you, tell us what it is, where we can watch it. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, I have a, like a little half-hour, 40-minute stand-up special called Grieving Productively. Um, it's on YouTube. It's absolutely free, but there are donation buttons if people feel so inclined uh, to do it. But honestly, I would rather people just, if they like it, share it as opposed to give me any money for it. But I, um, the whole premise of it is my dad passed away unexpectedly last year. And over the course of the year, I had been kind of working on some material along with the regular material I was working on where all the materials about grief and loss and death and dealing with that situation. And um, I recorded a bunch of different sets in a bunch of different places and I edited it all together in different ways um, to make this unique stand-up special because it's not like any other stand-up special, at least that I've ever seen as far as the way it's edited and the way that it's presented and I wrote it and uh, started it and directed it and produced it and edited and did all the sound for it. Um, so I'm pretty proud of it, but it's free. It's called Grieving Productively. And um, it's the one of the, it's like the first thing comedically that I've done where I've been like, okay, I'm, I think I'm heading in the right track as far as my career, as far as like doing different things. So I'm pretty excited about it. That's sort of what people are doing now is they're putting their specials on YouTube. What was the thinking behind that? Well, the thing behind that for me was like I don't have a big, I don't really have a huge following, so my thought was like it would be pretentious of me to try to put it somewhere else or put it behind a paywall or something like that. Whereas like I'm just at a point in my career where I would rather it be out there. Um, I put some donation buttons on it, so if people really like it, they like can get paid to 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 have made it. But it was more of like um, it's more of like a memorial memorial for my dad, so. Like, why wouldn't I want the most possible people that could see it to see it? And so I put it out there. I feel like YouTube is just the easiest thing to share. Um, everybody knows what it is, and it'll be up there forever, or at least until YouTube goes out of business and their servers close, which hopefully is long after I'm dead. I was going to say, I mean, I, I think if YouTube goes out of business, then something has something very strange has happened in the world. There's, it's such a, yeah. you know, I, I, I am only recently discovering just how much comedy is on YouTube. Like I was looking at Don Rickles yesterday and it's like the stuff that people have uploaded, just astonishing. And, and that's not just the official stuff, but the, you know, just sort of the random Don Rickles clips are just, wow. I mean, you could spend hours just looking at him, but you know, and I, I, I had to stop myself. I, I watched a couple, they were great. I was like, all right, let's just, let's put a stop to it. And then we'll move on to something else because I, I could sit, I, I can understand why my kids are just addicted to YouTube as they, they can, you, it's just, it's a never ending stream of interesting stuff. Oh yeah. It's insane. It's, you can get caught in a rabbit hole and waste an entire day. Yeah, totally. Totally. You've got to have some discipline just to pop out of there. But you should definitely spend the 30 or 40 minutes to watch Winston's special. That is very important. Now, I, just getting back to the other thing, are you a religious guy? Um, I am. Yeah, I am so religious. Not like okay. – uh, yeah, it's weird. It's like – I say I'm not super religious, which in my opinion just means like, yeah, I'm religious. I believe what I believe, but I'm not the type of person that's like, I'm not browbeating anyone and I'm not making people feel like crap. 
about what they believe just because it may be different than me. But it works for me. Have you ever been tempted to go that route with your comedy? Um, it's interesting because it's like I do really well in churches, but I think it would be disingenuous if that was the route that I took. And and like someone who's being religious, I would feel even worse being disingenuous. Like if I was like doing these church shows and being like, this isn't how I normally talk. It would just see, feel really fake. So I would rather go the route of just like eliminating them completely, still going to do them and showing that I, you know, care enough about those people and, and still religious enough to relate and talk to those groups of people, but also still keep all my other regular bookings. Although doing the Christian thing, it would be a much more lucrative career than what I'm doing right now. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering. I mean, you kind of you know, anticipated my next question, is I would imagine that there's a lot of work. There is a lot of work, and there is a lot of money um, in, in, in like clean church comedy. Between that and like corporate gigs, there's a there's a ton of money in it. But, corporate uh, corporate gigs that are corporate gigs that are religious, or just workers' corporate gigs in general. Just in general, because it's like if you can work super clean at a church, you can work corporate. You just oh, take religious okay. jokes out of it. Okay, that's right. You, I would, that's why I was wondering you. for the most part. Right. Yeah, so it's like it's just do you want to be in that world? Which I'll I'll still do corporate gigs, but I don't know. I I'm not in it for the money. So like I'm I'm in it to make it a full time career, but I think that I would be much happier making far less money doing all the shows I want to than making way more money just staying in a certain lane that I would feel would be disingenuous and not as much fun. Oh yeah. I mean particularly with something when it's when you're talking about religion and religion is something that's a part of you anyway. I mean you don't want to go to a place that's not genuine, right? I mean, that would seem yeah, exactly. yeah that would exactly. seem to be bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Like, I mean, I I think there are probably Jewish shows that I could, like, you know, temple shows that I could do if I was a little more religious, and I'm just I'm not, so I don't want to. I mean, I, I'm sort of like culturally there, but I'm not going to, you know, do something that's dishonest, you know, that's not really who I am, and that's not the kind of comedy that I do. Like, I would certainly do more Jewish jokes if I if I needed to if I had a gig. But yeah. I, I, but I agree with you. I mean, I think you got to be true to who you are. <laughs> yeah, of course. Completely agree. Um, all right. So, Winston, where can everybody find you online? Oh man, easy. You got WinstonHodges.com at Winston H Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Winston Hodges on Facebook. Um, and YouTube, uh, just look up Grieving Productively. But if you go to WinstonHodges.com, there's a link on the website um, to the special on YouTube as well. And I've got a bunch of podcasts and stuff that are also on the website that you can check out. So I have a, I have a bunch of content, so please check it out. I'm sure I've got something, I've got something for everybody. Nice. Something for everybody is good. Um, all right, Winston, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, man. This was awesome. Okay. Um, so everyone, please, 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 above all, stay safe. And uh, if we have to go back inside, watch Winston special. <laughs> all right. Have a great day. You too.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.